Welcome everyone here to the Launchpad here in Puckburg on the pot the podcast of the Daring Do Bad and Good Puck Tales on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Kyle Sullivan, aka Shaggy Von Doom, with another episode of Puck Tales. Woo! And with me today, I have a, <laughs> <laughs> I have fellow Belly Up Sports Podcast brethren, Ryan McCarthy of No Credentials Required. How are you, my friend? I'm doing excellent. It's Friday, and I'm uh, ready to talk some puck. Even though the, even though the season's over, let's talk. Some, we'll definitely talk some puck. Yeah, the season's over in a sense, but is hockey season actually ever over? Only if you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you now we can all galaxy brain uh, who Seattle is plucking off of our team, and what are we going to do with the salary cap? And it's it's never actually over for hockey fans if you want it to be. I feel like I feel like Jeremy Clarkson in uh, in that one part of uh, Top Gear where somebody announced uh, did an announcement goes oh no anyway <laughs> <laughs> oh thank goodness we started this episode with a Top Gear reference that is oh. near and dear to my heart <laughs> uh, oh that's incredible uh, Ryan uh, again thank you for coming on here in Puckburg we want to uh, talk about your hockey origins and your hockey story and where that's led to today all the way up to no credentials required so let's start at the origins what about this wacky game of hockey stood out to you where you're like you know what this is where my fandom is going to go moving forward okay so i'm gonna go all the way back to the spring of 1988 um, it was the first time i've ever got watched sat down and watched a game of hockey uh for really i mean i i didn't really have much hockey in my family we didn't really watch hockey um but i spent a night at a friend's house during spring vacation the playoffs were on and i saw there's a team from new jersey i'm going i say i'm originally from new jersey that's my that's my cross to bear i, I suspect that's <laughs> i suppose <laughs> although it's not entirely a bad place to live I, I assure you it's not all not all mafia and uh and uh, nuclear waste plants. I, I I assure you, it's not you, not you, that. You guys have Jay and Silent Bob. That's true too. That's true. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I I was watching the I, so one of my friends had turned on hockey, and there's a team from New Jersey. I'm like, wait a second, it's a team from New Jersey playing hockey. I want to get into this more. And they were playing the Washington Capitals. It was the I think it was the Patrick Division semi-final i want to say or was it the quarterfinal i can't remember but um but it was the game where there was a combined i think 14 goals i think jersey yeah. won eight to six it was just a, it was gonzo uh, i think i think it was patrick sundstrom had like a, six points or, or seven points that night and a hat trick and four or five three or four assists and i fell in love with the game uh, i went up getting just asked my parents to um uh, for you know, to, to buy the sports section buy the newspaper so look at the sports section to see how the doubles were doing i tried to watch as much hockey as i could 
It went all the way, and there was a Miracle team that went all the way to the, to the uh, what was then the Wales Conference Final. And they played Mighty Boston and took Boston to six, but they couldn't, uh, couldn't complete the deal and face the uh, Edmonton, get swept by the Edmonton Oilers. That would have been completely, that would have been really sweet because years before, uh, Wayne Gretzky had traveled to New Jersey with the, with the Oilers. They beat him like nine nothing. And they call and he called the New Jersey Dolls a, a Mickey Mouse franchise. Yep. It would have been sweet, <laughs> sweet justice if the Devils had actually won the Wales Conference, gone to face the Edmonton Oilers, and upset them to shut Wayne Gretzky up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that kind of got my that got that kind of got my blood started with uh, Venom started with hockey. Uh, my, my dad took me to a, a high school hockey game, uh, and the next year when I was in sixth grade. I got my first uh, uh, my first Panini uh, sticker book uh, that same that same winter, and uh, um, but yeah, it's just kind of a good thing. I guess how my fandom got started, and I've been uh, an up and down uh, up and down affair ever since. But I'm happy to be a hockey fan, and now I'm 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 here in Puckburg. Yeah, and and uh, for all the listeners on here, yes, uh, we are talking Devils today, and uh i am a low-key devils fan um i'm known for the the avalanche fandom but we need more we need more fans hey <laughs> and the thing about um the the fandom with me with the devils is it's kind of like a reverse arc of my avalanche fandom like the avalanche started out hot and then kind of tapered off and disappeared the devils um they transitioned from the rockies and they, they, they transitioned from the rockies who transitioned from the scouts scouts yes the those wonderful kansas city scouts kansas sweaters city scouts <laughs> they were wonderful and they it was uh they had they started out and it was rough and you were referencing that uh the capital series that's right when the capital started coming out of the basement because they were an annual just basement dweller team and uh then they really found their success in the in the 90s and the 2000s and it's gone back down so it's been a reverse arc like the avalanche started out hot and it, they're starting to come back, but I've always loved the devils. And even uh, surprisingly enough, that fandom also intersects, not just with the avalanche, but my local team, the Birmingham bulls, Birmingham bulls. When we were part of the nice. ECHL um, in 2000, they left Birmingham and became the minor league affiliate for the devils. I believe and it was Anirondack, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it went to Stockton, uh, California, and Adirondack had the the, Fl- the Calgary Flames AHL affiliate, and their ECHL affiliate was in Stockton, California. They wound up switching them, so now Stockton's the e- AHL affiliate, and Adirondack was the uh, ECHL affiliate. And then the Flames said, "All right, we're going to take our ECHL affiliate somewhere else," and now. The Adirondack Thunder, which is actually about half an hour north of me uh, in Glens Falls, uh, the Adirondack Thunder are now the New Jersey Devils ECHL affiliate, and now they have the AHL affiliate in, I believe they're switching over to Utica. Yeah, that's right. Fall. Yeah, that is right. Um, it was, it's, but both of my fandoms both intersect with the Devils at some point, so I can't <laughs> escape them. They have their hooks on me. Um <laughs> So tell me, like being a Devils fan, um, especially like catching 
catching fire, especially the the Gretzky comments. Um, they used that for a while. The trying to overcome that that Mickey Mouse organization. Um, that was their that was their the, banner the, for the a sti- while. The stigma, yeah, the stigma attached to them for a while. Yeah, I and, remember those days. And what was it like when they finally started? Uh, in the 90s and 2000s finding the success what was that like feeling did it have that reward of paying off of hey i haven't given up on you guys and this is the reward with the brodeur years of hoisting the cup yeah i mean when lou lamarillo left providence college to become general manager of the new jersey devils in 1987 i believe that kind of got the trend starting um they had a Cinderella, again, I mentioned the Cinderella run in the Wales to the Wales Conference final in 88. Uh, they missed the playoffs in 89 altogether. They, and they started, in the 90s, they started building momentum. They, they acquired Scott Stevens in that weird trade with, I think, St. Louis, or was it? No, they got him from the Capitals. And then St. Louis tried to sign him, and then some sort of weird tampering rule back in the yeah. 90s. And the, the devils actually wound up getting a bunch of draft picks yeah, <laughs> as a punishment yeah. from the blues. Yeah. So slick Lou loophole Lou, as they would call him, he did um, get that moniker for, for a long time, but then they drafted well. They just kept drafting. Well, they kept, mm-hmm. they drafted Scott Niedermeyer and they drafted Martin Brodeur. Then they got a bunch of picks from Europe. They got the, the, the Patrick Eliash's, a Pierre Sakura. They got and Lou Lamarillo making trades, the deadline, to acquire uh, a bunch of guys, Sean, I think it was Sean Chambers back in 95, who was, and also Neil Broughton, yeah. who scored the cup winning goal in 95 for the sweep when they swept the mighty uh, Detroit Red Wings. Mm-hmm. He just, he just knew how to maneuver his way around the league between acquiring really solid draft picks and making certain trades at the deadline to, to assure team chemistry and to assure that they would, uh, go far yeah. and that had that foundation for so long it's, it's it, what's weird is that they've won three cups with three different coaches mm-hmm. but they all had the same style of play where it was accountability be accountable to your teammates you know, check defensive check for you know, check on defense first play defense first that defense will the defense will turn into opportunities on offense discipline I know some people say that the Devils ruined hockey back in the 90s. They did not ruin <laughs> hockey back in the 90s. I hate that. I hate when people say that with a white yeah. hot passion. But they didn't they didn't ruin hockey. Everybody said, oh, it's clutch to grab hockey. You know, we no superstars in the 90s could get one Stanley Cup. Shut up. Why all of you won two Stanley Cups <laughs> in the early 90s? Okay. Wayne Gretzky got his four cups. I mean, come on. I mean but anyway, I'll defend that. I'll defend that to the death. Yeah. But no, just just seeing in the in the in from the late '80s all the way up to when Lemur, Lou Lemurillo left in 2000, I think it was 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, just seeing that success from when the team was brought over, was purchased and sold to Dr. John McMullen back in 1982, and they played in the Meadowlands Arena for so many for the, that short period of time, and then they all of a sudden Lou Lemurillo starts to turn it around. And it just there's just a consistent model of you know, a model of consistency for over 20 years, and yeah, you know, it, it was just so cool to see uh, what kind of teams would would go 
to the Stanley Cup final, would go to win three cups, uh, having the core group of guys uh, there between Stevens and Brodeur and Niedermeyer and Eliash and uh, and uh, Ken Denico as yeah. well. Yeah, people forget that he was on all three all three cup winning teams. So it was just really cool to see uh, for so many years the consistency they have. And they've they've kind of fell off in the last last decade or so. Um, they had that really cool run back in 2012 during the shortened season, but um, after that, it's just been kind of <clears throat> kind of frustrating to see where they are now. But I I have hope that they're going to turn it around. Yeah, and it's and Ken Denico is now a featured member of their broadcast team. So. Yep, he and uh, Steve Cangelosi there, yep. the primary broadcast team for the Madison Square Garden Network. Yep, and uh, and those. Those Devils teams and how you said, like, I'm also of the mindset that they did not kill hockey. Um, I <laughs> loved how those teams were constructed, and you could still see those fingerprints on how the Islanders are constructed today. Yep. Like, Lou still being sweet Lou, doing Lou things. and Loophole Lou. <laughs> yeah, and you, you could see it with how the Islanders are constructed, and everybody's talking about um, ruling out the Islanders, and I was like, nah, I've seen this before. I've seen yeah. this playbook. I, I never would count the Islanders out this year. So um, what about that Devils fandom um, going, like what about that fandom has led you to where you are today with what doors did that open when it be uh, coming to like New Jersey Devils fandom and growing up so passionate about the Devils? I think part of it had to be my roots in New Jersey. I was born in New Jersey. I had family, I have family in New Jersey. I could go to a game uh, the the arenas are only two or two and a half three hours from where I live, mm-hmm. and also having that theater system in Albany for so long. The the Devils had their affiliate. Uh, they've had two affiliations in Albany. They had the River Rats back in the '90s to mid 2000s, and then they came back in 2007. Um, I'm sorry, 2009. Excuse me, uh, 2009 2010. They spent another seven seasons here. So I think I think part of it having to do with with being being close proximity and also being able to see some of those players who were drafted play in Albany before getting getting promoted to to the uh, to New Jersey yeah. uh, I got to see I get to see uh, Patrick Eliash and Pierre Sakura and John Matt John Madden yeah Jay Pandolfo um, a lot of those guys play up here before they they got promoted to Albany and or New Jersey excuse me and they had long career. They went on to have went on to have long careers in the NHL. I can probably say that I saw them in Albany first. That's that's going to be incredible, especially like uh, seeing guys like Eliash and John Madden. And he's when it comes to like mainstream NHL conversation, he's he's one of the names that get forgotten. But John Madden was clutch, and I he should have he should have won more Selkie trophies than he did. I think he only won one Selkie trophy. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. He should have won at least two or three. Yeah, he was he was a consistent motor on those on those teams, and I hate how great he, penalty killer too. Oh, incredible! And just and he'd get in there and he'd do his job, and there was no there was no extras. He was just a lunch pail lunch pail kind of player. And man, yeah. you forget about him, but when you go back and watch old Devils clips, like you're like, oh man, <laughs> we needed to appreciate yeah. him more. <laughs> oh, absolutely! No, absolutely. Absolutely. And when he went to Chicago, I was kind of bummed out because he was just, he was just, he could, I, I could think he could have been a captain too. Yeah. At one point. I know, I know at one point he wore the A, uh, he mm-hmm. was the assistant captain, but 
I wish he would stay had would have stayed longer, and he would have been a. I mean, if the Scott Stevens weren't the captain, I'm sure Madden would have been a captain after after he left after Stevens left. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it, you know, he was a great player. Goodness, I'm so glad you brought his name up. <laughs> <laughs> um. So also. Uh, with that fandom, what doors in the hockey community did that open for you um, when it came to the Devils and just being a hockey fan in Jersey in general? Because I know in that area, it's it's heavy Rangers, heavy Islanders, and everybody just kind of is, oh, the Devils, oh, the lowly yeah. Devils. But <laughs> It's funky living in this area where I live in, in, in New York because Albany is in, is in the middle of four or five major metropolitan areas to the south you've got new york city and a little bit farther south is philadelphia to the east you got boston to the west you got buffalo to the north you have montreal and you have all sorts of fandom from i've seen i've i have good friends who are who are hardcore sabers fans i have Mm. friends who are hardcore rangers fans i have a good friend who's an islanders fan friends who are boston fans uh, I have a, I know a couple of Montreal Canadiens fans. Uh, one of them was one, one of them was one of my best friends in high school because his 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 mom was from Montreal. His, his mom was from Canada, so he went through all the Montreal teams, including the Canadiens. Um, but the one cool thing that being in the hockey community in the area has kind of opened opened up to was uh, was an opportunity to become a team chaplain for uh, the Albany River Rats and the Albany Devils for nine seasons <laughs> and it, it just it just it was just weird because i i had a conversation with a friend uh who's a little bit older than i he's been he'd been in sports ministry for years and i mentioned that one day in conversation i was struggling with some opportunities to not so much missed opportunities but just kind of ways to, to minister and i said oh, i thought about you know we're picking up the language the french language and moving to montreal and restarting a business ministry up there he goes and you now that includes sports sports chaplains mm-hmm. he goes okay well let me talk to some people in baseball and they might refer me to in baseball chapel and i might i'll, I'll uh see what i can do give me about a week so the next night he calls me <laughs> <laughs> and he says and he says all right i got the number for a guy uh, i want you to you know get in touch with him talk to him uh, talked to him about hockey ministries. I'm like, okay. So that Friday I talked to him and I filled up the application and I waited a couple of months and talked to him again during the summer. And we had a summit in, in uh, Connecticut in Hartford, Connecticut. And I became the chaplain of the Albany Riverettes for a couple of seasons uh, when they were affiliated with Carolina. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. The, ho- the hockey world's interesting. Uh, in terms of the in in terms of ministry some teams are okay with it with a chapel program being there some are okay with some restrictions and some of them don't want it at all because they think they think they think uh, they think being a christian makes you kind of weird or or soft and it's not that way at all no i mean some of the i mean i don't know if you follow the twitter account for hockey ministries i do indeed okay You'll know. I don't know if you've noticed over the last couple of days, uh, player testimonies from Carey Price, Jeff Petrie, Eric Stahl, the Stahl brothers. They're all mm-hmm. they're well known for um, having their hands in with uh, hockey ministries. Carey Price was a um, was an instructor when he was in juniors. 
He was also a camp. He was also a camp counselor, which is kind yeah. of funny. So, um, but yeah, some teams are amenable to it. Some teams are kind of are are, are okay only if the players want it. So the River Rats, totally cool with that because they had a chaplain program in Carolina, and they had one in. So I figured we'll have one in Albany. Okay. So the, the Hurricanes leave. They go. They go. The, the, the franchise gets bought. They move down. To, they move down to Charlotte, the check to become the checkers. And they're trying to they're trying to fill in uh, a, a, a team to take over. And I'm going and I'm thinking to myself, please don't let it be the Devils, please don't let it be. The <laughs> and the only reason why I didn't say the Devils because I know from stories from other, other hockey ministry chaplains, it was just tough to get in. Yeah, the Lemarillos at the time when it was Lou Lemarillo running the show is very restrictive on who to let in. Yeah in terms of who let in their, their locker room. So I show up one day, just out of the blue to introduce myself. And I go, oh, who are you? I'm like, I'm with Hockey, I'm Ryan McCarthy, I'm with Hockey Ministries International. I'm, a team, I'm assigned to be a team chaplain for, uh, for Albany. And they gave me this weird look. <laughs> <laughs> they this weird look like, are you, okay. Like, like, we don't trust you. Like, all right, everybody's paranoid. Why is this going on? So I give them my, my cell phone number. And so we'll have somebody call you. I'm like, all right. Fear will be one of the players. And later that afternoon, I get a phone call. It says private, private number. I'm like, oh, come on. What is going <laughs> on here? So I pick it up, not knowing who it is. And it's actually Lou Lemarillo's son, Chris. Wow. Yeah. Who is, a, who is acting as GM for the Albany Devils. So I talked over with him. I explained myself. Okay, this is, this is something the players want. Yeah, so this is something the players want. You got some players in the team who want a, a chaplain in the room, mm-hmm. not the locker room per se, um, but just just yeah. as an extra resource because that's what we were. We, we acted as an as an additional resource, as an outside mm-hmm. resource, not affiliated with the team. Mm-hmm. Or ask for money. We never ask for tickets. We never ask for anything unless they offer it to us. Yeah, and we're just there as a resource. Yeah, it's a spiritual resource. So we're just we're not there to make money off of you. We're not there to um, we're not there to uh, steal from you or anything like that. We're just, we're just, we're offering our services to you Yeah. as a resource. Yeah. And it took a while for them to explain it. All right, well, I'll see if I can get one of those players to talk. I'll talk to some of the players and we'll see what that happens there. So I did talk to the players, player reached out to me and there you go. Um, so after <laughs> it got a little easier after Lemarillo, Lou Lemarillo left and I got nothing bad to say about him. He, you know, they were very accommodating. Um, I actually wound up sending him a thank you card just to say, hey, thanks for letting me minister to the players this year. You know, it was an honor to be your chaplain. And I got a letter in the mail a couple weeks later from New Jer- with the New Jersey Devils letterhead. Oh, man. It was a letter from Lula Merlo saying, oh, you know, thank you for the nice card. My, my mom had made, my mom had made a, a homemade card mm-hmm. uh, with the Hockey Ministries logo, uh, the skate. He said, "Thank you for the nice card. You know, thank you, mother, for the nice card. It was really nice. You know, that you know, thank you for serving our team this year. And I just, you know, just reaching out and just letting people know, hey, we're here. We're here to um, be a minister, be an extra resource if players want to talk to us, if they just want a friendly face to be for to to talk to after games, just talk off ice stuff. Because I think a lot of the misconception with." misconception with hockey players is that's all their life 
their mm-hmm. life is i mean their life is very regimented mm-hmm. for it's the same for any athlete but hockey players in particular it's very regimented it's it's get up get up early go to have breakfast go to practice as a professional too it's a get up have breakfast go to practice practice for two hours and the rest of the day you're free to do whatever you want mm-hmm. or if you have or if there's or if there's community stuff going on like that to make it a community appearance somewhere whether it be for a charity or a fundraising, a uh, ticket driver event, uh, try to sell tickets. That, you know, it's, you know, that's it. It's just that's yeah. just what they are. It's just who they are. It's what they're they've been built to uh, to, to be. And I always express to them, like, you guys are more than just athletes. Mm-hmm. You also have souls. You also have uh, additional opportunities to, you know, to do something other than hockey. I mean, yeah. what, what's going to happen after you leave hockey? you're not going to play forever. I mean, yeah. I mean, you only have a finite time and the ultimate goal is to go to the national hockey league, which is great, mm-hmm. but only a minuscule amount of players actually go to make it mm-hmm. <laughs> and make it to the national hockey league. So it's, it was a really cool opportunity. And again, after Lemmer was left and racial took over uh, new coach came in, he was very friendly to the, uh, Talking to talking ministries because he was in the chaplain program when he was a he's a player. Yeah. And the ECHL it was uh, Rick Kowalski. Yeah. Uh, great guy. Great yeah. guy. Um, loved the area. Loved the area. He, he helped the Devils improve. Uh, just a good dude. He was yeah. he was one of those guys who wanted a presence, a spiritual presence in the locker room. Well, not outside the locker room for the guys to to be a part of. And he was one of those guys who went to chapels when he was in the ECHL. And as a coach, he wanted it in the locker room for his players. So, you know, lots of respect to him. I don't know where he, where he's coaching these days. I know he went to he was in Binghamton for a while. Then he served as an assistant with New Jersey when John Hines was head coach. And after Hines got let go, Kowalski got let go too. So, which is which is kind of sad. So, yeah. um, I don't know where he is now. Hopefully, he's taking a listen to here in Puckberg. Yeah. <laughs> but but hopefully, you know, it was just it was. Just, it was just a great time to, and, and it's just really surprising that, yeah, even though you're, you're, you're a chaplain for the New Jersey Devil for the Albany team called the Devils, <laughs> it opens up a lot of windows to talk to people about the Lord. And yeah, also with hockey players too, it's just, it's just, it's just cool. Like a lot of, amount of guys who are curious about faith, about the Christian faith and kind of want to know what's all, what it's all about. Either they, either they grew up in church or kind of going outside off, church uh, or, or uh, just kind of bouncing around um maybe they didn't go to church on sundays maybe they they went to ministry in college or they had, went to uh like an university or college or or it, they just kind of were born into it and it go, went whenever they could but but we left it open we always left the door open to them and this is not a forced act you know, we, we would always say at the beginning of the season chapels are not a forced activity yeah you can come and go as you please we want to want you to let you want to let you know the door's always open. My phone numbers, I give you my give every player my phone number, whether they go to chapel or not. And I just say, hey, just even if you just come to chapel once, you might learn something new. Yeah, you might learn something new outside of hockey. You might realize that it's more to life than just than hockey. And you know, we'll see. We'll what kind of whatever kind of avenues it takes you. Um, you know. It, it's it, the Lord works in mysterious ways. I always say that whether, yep. <laughs> whether you're religious or you're not religious, you, I always say the Lord works in weird and mysterious ways. And it's all for, it's for, for your good. 
Yeah, and it's and that's another thing. Um, not only are the listeners finding out that I'm also a Secret Devils fan, but faith is also a huge part of my life as well. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a I'm a Christian as well, preacher's kid, so that explains a lot. And when <laughs> I you're, a deacon, I was a deacon's kid. <laughs> hey, and um, when you say the Lord works in mysterious ways, uh, that's one of those things. Like not only he you got your avenue with hockey and the lord will open that door we're like okay you can witness to the devils <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here you go friend but it's just that's just it's funny that's a, a a great connection there and yeah it's it's a i think it's really vital and i am a follower of like the the hockey ministries i've been keeping up with what y'all have been doing even long before i was with belly up or even on a podcast so yep. i appreciate everything you guys are doing there it's it's huge huge stuff and it's something a lot of people don't even think about but it's uh it's a lot of players see it as something vital it's it's a good outlet it's a good place to reconnect and found yourself on so yeah and you see a lot more players are open a lot of players are open to it these days especially at the nhl level yeah and like i said before carrie price the testimonial about hockey ministries and eric so it's the same with eric stall um Jeff P. I think it was Jeff Petrie who said mm-hmm. the same thing. I mean, you just, you know, more and more players are hockey players, especially. Yeah. And hockey players don't are known as people who don't rock the boat. It's team yeah. first. Don't be outspoken. I mean, you, you have yourself the very out. Every once in a while, you see the outspoken guys. Mm-hmm. But, <clears throat> but, you know, it, it's very. I wouldn't say it's not. It's not hush hush. It's not taboo. People know about it, but for hockey players to come out and say this is my faith this is my fro- this is my rock this is my foundation and it's really cool to see i mean mike fisher <laughs> yeah as we know for many years yeah. uh with the senators and then with the uh national predators when now he's mr carrie underwood but he yep. was a very but he was a very outspoken christian very outspoken about his faith and hockey ministries had a lot to do with that so I was very thankful for the opportunity to be a chaplain. I'm not, not a chaplain anymore. Uh, I've been out of the game since uh, 2017. And actually, that avenue actually kind of got me to go back to school and earn my degree, uh, earn my bachelor's degree. Um, I'm hoping to get back into it someday. Maybe the um, maybe there'll be, there'll be an AHL team back in Albany someday. Uh, maybe not. We'll see. Um, but, <clears throat> but no, it's just hockey is – it, hockey being a fan of hockey has been a wonderful blessing in my life and it's built opportunities like like this one yeah and i and i commend everything you've done and it's been fantastic um the world needs more voices like that and i it's um an absolute blessing to see somebody like you witnessing to those in in the game that we know and love so mm-hmm. i i appreciate that all that you've done and you said you that since 2017 you haven't been a chaplain you went back to school how did no credentials required come along all right so while i was in school like the first year i was in school it took me three years to complete my degree i went part-time actually you can see it right there in the uh the background yep. that really the one i'm pointing to right now uh, i went to regent university uh based they're based in a, you know i don't know if you probably know what that is or not but uh they're based in virginia beach but <clears throat> But anyway, um, 2018, 
I kind of got back in the uh, sports. I, I was going to school for communications. I wanted to be in journalism, and this, that was my concentration. Um, so I started uh, for, I did, uh, I covered, I was a beat writer for the Albany Empire for a year with arenafan.com. Actually, two years, but the first year, uh, I got to know my friend Corey, who ran a website, a blog called Broken Bat Media. Mm-hmm. So for the 2018 season, I covered UAlbany football, uh, taking pictures, doing photography, doing uh, uh, interviews on Wednesday. I would go for, for the uh, press day before the game on Saturday. And in 2019, I, I approached my friend, I approached Corey, I said, this was the original iteration. I said, you know, why don't we start a podcast? He's like, all right, let's bounce around some names and we'll think of, we'll think of a name and we'll start that. We'll start that podcast. So I said, I said, just out of the blue one day, I said, well, what about no credentials required? Because we were always having a tough time trying to get press credentials yeah. to cover our events, especially for you, Albany, they kind of tight lid with providing press passes. If you're, if you're just a, you know, a lot, I mean, a, a lot of colleges are the same, but, Hope, you know, hopefully that'll change pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that you know, online media is becoming bigger and bigger. Yeah. So what about no credentials required? He goes, that's, that's a great name for a podcast. And we started recording those episodes. We just talked about baseball. We talked about national, more national sports, low than local mm-hmm. stuff. Um, that lasted a grand total of two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was a reason why it lasted only two episodes. His mom was, Corey's mom was very ill at the time. She wound up passing away. She got, she had cancer or terminal cancer. So he, and when he wound up, he, he wound up just dissolving Broken Bat Media, which was, you know, at the time I was like, all right, that's, that's a kind of a bummer. Um, then I continued to be a beat writer for Arena Fan and in 2020, I, decided all right since i'm a couple only a couple courses away from earn my degree let me start my writing game again because i always did writing mm-hmm. uh, whether it be for arena fan for broken bat media uh so a website called esports e-sports.com i did a lot of writing for them do a lot of blog writing and i figured, figured all right let me get my sports media start uh, writing started again so i start writing for belly up for belly up sports and I kind of want to get in the podcast game again. Had a little bit of had a little uh, New York Jets centric podcast with Downtown Sports Network uh, for, called Downtown Jets. Um, but I wanted to start talking about other sports again. So I said to myself, well, "Why don't I start No Credentials Required again?" Reached out to my friend Corey, got to talking, and we started covering no credentials required. We, we, start, we started no credentials required again. It's, now it's lasted 30, over 30, we have over 30 episodes in the can. <laughs> um, Corey wound up leaving, uh, taking time, deciding to um, step away uh, to concentrate on his health and, and his family. And I respect that. You know, it's, I told him it's, he's, he's my friend. You're, you know, I respect that. Um, but I kept going. And at one point I was saying to myself, well, I, I need to, to repivot somehow because, you know, everybody talks, you know, people, there's more than enough sports podcasts that talk national sports, um, NHL, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, what have you. So I said to myself, all right, there's nobody ex- except for the, the local media stations and the local 
uh, ESPN affiliate here, nobody really concentrates on local sports Mm -hmm. in the Albany area. So in mid, in March, I decided to repivot the podcast, talk about local sports. So I'm covering football, prone, prone college, football, hockey, lacrosse, and, uh, uh, hockey, hopefully, I mean, COVID kind of killed hockey in the area, yeah. <clears throat> in the 518 area. Uh, both RPI and Union decided not to play this year. In the ECAC, they went up having four teams play each other all season long, <laughs> which kind of made it boring. And the team that won the ECAC, ECA, ECAC tournament didn't go to the uh, NCAA tournament. They couldn't because they had a positive COVID case. So the team that they went up beating went in there went in their place instead, which is kind of crazy, but, and also the Adirondack Thunder didn't play this year. They, they haven't played since March of last year. Mm. Um, I actually had the, their, their radio announcer on a couple episodes ago uh, for the uh, Adirondack Thunder. And that kind of got me thinking about, he, he talked about how people, he wanted to see, he was trying to encourage people, trying to figure out a way to encourage people to come back and watch the games again. Yeah. yeah. That kind of got me started on the, on this, on this movement which I which I now have a hashtag for. It's called it's it's local sports matter. Yeah. So, a lot of sports teams kind of ended things when when COVID ended. A lot of the uh, a lot of the ECHL teams didn't play this year because of COVID. A lot of the Northern Division teams like the Thunder, uh, the Newfoundland. Uh, can't remember their team name. The Growlers. Which, by mm-hmm. the way, the new the Newfoundland Growlers. One of the best logos in sports. Ooh. Hands down. You got to check it out. I'm going to have to now. Do it. Do um, it. <laughs> but but a, a lot of the teams, they, they didn't play. And I got to thinking, okay, not, it's not just this area, but it's other areas around the country as well who, who their hockey teams haven't played since March of last year, March 2020. Yep. Um, and that kind of got me thinking about a, a, a movement. Mm. I've, again, the movement's called – See, told you. What a logo. <laughs> what a logo. Anybody who's right? listening, when you get to this point of the episode, also you need to look up the Newfoundland Growlers. What a logo. That is pristine. It's out of sight. It's it makes me a little jealous. <laughs> and that, that sweater I mean, combo. Mm. Yeah. The Adirondack the Adirondack Thunders logo is pretty cool, but Newfoundland Growlers, whoa. That's honestly that should be incorporated in the nhl 22 game where i can use that logo going <laughs> forward that would be great i've been using uh what is it cincinnati cyclones for years yeah. when it comes to creating my team so but but going back to uh but but much before i see he you know talking about local sports and how local sports matter I and mean, we're coming at a word rapidly approaching the end of covid i hope the end of covid mm-hmm. And the pandemic that's kept kept people from being at the arena, being at the ballpark, supporting the local team for over a year. And I'm so excited that the thun- I'm going to be able to go see Thunder games again, cover the team. I'm hoping to cover RPI and Union games. I, I want to. See- I'm hoping to see people back in the stands, see back at the arena, back at the ice rink, supporting the local team. And that's why I had that movement called local sports matter hashtag local sports matter because local sports do matter they yeah. matter in birmingham they matter in albany they matter in newfoundland they matter in norfolk virginia mm-hmm. they matter they they and you and 
for people who have missed live sports for over a year, yeah, you can, you can go to a major league ballpark. You can go to a National Hockey League game. But you can go to support your local team for a fraction of the cost. Yep. And it's just as entertaining. Yeah. We, we went through the same thing here in Birmingham with our SBHL team, the Birmingham Bulls. Um, the league tried to restart. And I think out of the 10 teams we had, only six decided to actually come back. And they ended up having almost an expansion draft of sorts. So those <laughs> players on the teams that didn't come back, we had an expansion draft and we plucked players from those teams. Yeah. And we, it was like six super teams. And uh, it was December 26th of 2020. The uh, SPHL came back, limited capacity. And it was <laughs> one of those, um, I think, it doesn't matter where you're listening to this. I think all sports fans took sports for granted. Yeah, that was the conclusion I came I came down to when uh, I had Evan um, on my uh, on Real Credentials acquired. Yeah, and yeah. it's just it's, it's easy to take, easy to take it for granted because you're watching it on television. You watch yeah. it from the comfort of your home, but at the same time, I think Civic Pride's going to come back too. Yeah, Civic Pride's going to come back with this local sports uh, movement that I'm hoping to launch. And again. Whether you're in Birmingham, whether you're in Albany, wherever you're listening, support your local teams. Absolutely. Your local teams, your local pro teams, local amateur teams, they they get so encouraged by people coming out and supporting them because they know if they go to the next level and they say, hey, I was in Glens Falls, New York, or I was in you know, Trenton, New Jersey, and these people came out and they watched me first, and now I'm here at this level, and I'm so happy and grateful that I'm level where i am but that's where i got my start professionally Mm -hmm. so the players remember that players remember where they first started and if they see people in the stands supporting them they'll never forget it yeah it it was um it was great to see the turnout when they did decide to come back in december um a lot of those fans when you just kind of were like yeah i could go to the bulls game tonight or i'll just sit home and watch netflix or I'll watch this game on TV. <laughs> yeah, and when that gets taken away from you, you kind of sit there during the pandemic and everybody's isolated. You're like, you know what? I miss going to Bulls games. So when yeah. that opportunity came back, there was quite a turnout for that initial return. And it's still one of those that now that's in the back of everyone's mind. When you have that opportunity, I'll go to the Thunder game. I'll go to the Bulls game. I'll go to yep. the, you're like, you know what? You never know. And you'll, it's, it's, um, helping flip the coin where you're actually going to these games and supporting your local team. Like when I went back to the Bulls, not only did I go, I bought a T-shirt, I bought a hat, uh, a hat, a puck. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I know where that money's going. Yeah, and you'll and you'll go to, maybe before a game, you'll go out and have a pint or two at the or or soda or two at the local uh, restaurant, yep. have something to eat, and then maybe have a buy, buy a hot dog or or beer there. And you're supporting, you're putting money back in the local economy. Yep. But again, and, and again, it, it's, it's a, it's a, I, I say a revival of local pride, civic pride. Mm-hmm. It's a big thing. I mean, yeah, your, your, feeder system to another, a bigger league. Uh, but you know, it, again, players don't forget that kind of players don't forget where they come from first, where they play first. Yeah. And, they, it, and, and again, they want to, they want people to come out and support them. And they'll give hopefully the fans give them and they'll look at the fans' memories that they'll last for a long time. Um, and the players will say, Hey, I'm I was proud to play here first because people came out and supported us. 
yeah and it's and it's one of those when you go to the game day experience um if this is like your first time you're going back after the the COVID-19 um you got to keep in mind like you're not only supporting the game that you love but you're also taking care of those in your community that make the hot dogs make the apparel set it on the table keep the lights on repair the arena clean the parking lot you're taking care of not just your game but your neighbors around you yep that- and you never know if you if say for instance you take your you take your kid to a game you take your take a kid any type of kid they'll want to be interested in playing that sport yep and they, they you never never know you might see them grow up to be or to a level where they appreciate the game they love the game and they could possibly go to college get drafted you, you never know i mean that kind of and it all starts in your local municipality yep and it's that's why you support your local teams and that's a honestly no matter who comes on here in puckburg that's one of the common threads with when we talk about your hockey origin it's always that first time watching the game as a kid and then that's that moment that that gets the hooks in you and it shapes the story that we cover in the rest of the episode yep. and it's the same with you watching the uh, the devils in the 88 series against the washington capitals and yep. seeing that on tv and then wanting to get involved it's the same with everyone we've had on at this point um when you you take your friends and your family um or your kids to these games and you support your local team or even the local broadcasts and mm-hmm. you ignite that fire you're planting the seed for the next generation of people to come on here in puckburg or have their own stories yep. so absolutely i i'm a thousand percent behind that as well I'm all about growing the game and that's honestly the origin of this podcast is getting everybody on and uh creative a con- creating a connective tissue amongst hockey fans where they feel like you know what even though i'm from birmingham i'm from wyoming i'm from Nome, Alaska. You know what? My hockey story is a lot like these guys, and look at what they're doing. And it yep. just reignites that fire. And, and hey, that... look, let's look. Austin Matthews, yeah, one picking the draft. Play. He he's born in Arizona. Plays hockey in Arizona. The guy who scored the cup-winning goal in 2020, Blake Coleman, was born in Texas. Yeah, we got Southern states. Southern states are are, are contributing to the game. Nick Dowd um, plays for the Washington Capitals. He is from Huntsville, Alabama. Nice. He is the first player in the NHL to be from the state of Alabama since 1932. Oh, wow. So um, just a representative from the state to make it all the way to the NHL is um, it's incredible. So, but before we wrap up, I want to thank you personally for coming on the show, sharing the stories, um, Everything's been absolutely incredible. Tell all the listeners here in Puckburg how they can find you and your show. Okay. So personally for me, I'm on Twitter and on Instagram. The same account. Well, the same, well, the same handle for each account. It's at, it's a, who is Ryan MCC. So if you follow me, I follow you. I'll probably give you a follow back. Uh, also no credentials required. Um, Twitter handle and Instagram handles, the same handle. Belly up NCR. Uh, new episodes usually come out on Wednesdays. Uh, I have my live show on Friday. Uh, the, the Wednesday shows typically cover Albany, New York area sports. Um, 
this week, well, this past week's episode, though, I had a special guest who is from the state of Alabama as well, Brittany Wagner. Hey, and actually, it's funny after the, after our recording, I mentioned I was going to be on your podcast. I go, I was supposed to be on a hockey podcast, and, and this week too, I go, she goes, really? Oh yeah, yeah. The 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 guy who runs the, the host who runs it's based in Birmingham too. She goes, no way. I go, yeah, you might be neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Maybe she's getting these thunderstorms as well. <laughs> yeah. The whole time we've been talking, we've been talking hockey ministries, and the Lord has been doing a guest appearance and a cameo with a thunderstorm. Yeah. I'm here too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always here. Um, but again, my friend, yes, absolutely. Everybody go check out the Brittany, uh, Brittany Wagner episode. I also have checked that out. Incredible work, my friend. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you. It was a great Brit- episode. It was a fun interview. She was, she was every bit as, 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 she was every bit of the person, the high-spirited person that she was on No Crunch. On, I'm, I'm sorry, on Last Chance You. Yeah. But she's also a very sweet person, and I, I appreciate her coming on the podcast and taking some time to talk to her. Yeah, us, us Southerners are low key adorable. So <laughs> <laughs> it comes with it comes with the uh, the Southern breakfast. It's just kind of in your in your genes. But yeah, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Thanks, Kyle. And make everybody who is listening make sure you check him out and everything you, he's got going on over and uh no credentials required and if you want to follow the show here in puckburg we're on twitter Woo! <laughs> we are on twitter h puckburg on twitter here underscore in underscore puckburg on instagram we also have a facebook account if you like to like and share us over there if you like to come on the show and share your own personal um episode of puck tales you can reach out on any of those socials or you can email the show at here in Puckburg podcast at bellyupsports.com. And again, thank you guys for coming out and we will see you again right here in Puckburg.